Thank you, Holden. Children's Church, you can be dismissed. It's good to have you all with us this morning. A couple of days before Christmas, I'm sure there's a lot of uh, family traveling. I see uh, some family in visiting. Glad to have you all here today. I'm thankful to have my mom and dad uh, here as well. Uh, Some of you uh, may have seen their uh, recent release of their World Wide Web video. If uh, not, you can check with them afterwards. I'm sure they'll be able to uh, help you with your dance steps. It is good to be here today. It's good to gather together uh, on a week that, for the most part, the world should slow down. Uh, It's a time that we have set apart, and we talked last week about how Christmas, uh, some of its origins, and though much of what we see is not uh, reflective of the true biblical understanding of what Christmas is about, but in spite of those pagan traditions, man-made traditions, it's still an opportunity for us as believers, as Christians, to talk about the things of Christ, and may we take full advantage of that opportunity Uh, in this coming week. Something I want to talk to you about today. If you have your Bibles, everyone please turn. If you do not have a Bible, there's a Bible in the pew in front of you. Turn with me to the Gospel of Luke. We actually began this study through the book of Luke a few weeks back. And now, uh, providentially so, we find ourselves in Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. You recall last week when we spoke, we talked about how the decree went out which brought Joseph and Mary to Bethlehem to be registered. And today we pick up on that story in verses 8 and following. Look in the text, if you would, as we read this morning. Verse 8 of chapter 2 in Luke. Now there were in the same country shepherds, living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace. Goodwill toward men. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. 
And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. Heavenly Father, I pray this morning that you would fill me with the Holy Spirit. Lord, let me be controlled by the Spirit of God to proclaim the Word of God. Lord, I thank you for every visitor that's here this morning. I thank you for those who will be hearing this message via the radio. And Lord, I pray that you would use this message today to speak to the heart of the listener. Lord, that you would draw us closer to you, that we would reflect upon the birth of our Savior. When God stepped into the fleshly robe of man, emptying himself of all of those attributes, coming in the form of a man to seek and to save that which was lost. And Lord, I thank you. Thank you for the gift of your Son, Jesus Christ. As we celebrate that this time of year, I pray that we look beyond the birth and look to the cross of Calvary. And we say thank you. We give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Good tidings of great joy. Good news. That's what was being pronounced to these shepherds. Good news. Now, who doesn't like good news? I want to hit on three points this morning. Hearing, seeing, and believing. Hearing, seeing, and believing. Point one, hearing. Notice in the text again, verse 8. Here we have these shepherds. Who are these shepherds? Who, who were the shepherds? What do we know about these guys? You know, last week, and if, if some of you missed, we, we do have CDs available. You can go back and listen. We looked at who, who was Caesar Augustus. We looked at history there. Who's Quirinius, uh, the governor of Syria? Who, who were these people? And I asked the question, who, who are these shepherds? Who were they? Shepherds during this time period basically were social outcasts. Some of you here this morning, you may feel like in today's society, you kind of fit that category. I'm a social outcast. The shepherds were social outcasts. Most shepherds, as a class, they had a bad reputation. For the most part, um, uh, let me give you a quote from Henry Morris in describing shepherds. Maybe this will help clear up a picture in regards to what the shepherds were thought of in their day. As a class of shepherds, they had a bad reputation. More regrettable was their habit of confusing mine with thine. As they moved about the country, they were considered unreliable and were not allowed to give testimony in the courts of law. Hmm. That's the view of a shepherd during the time period in which this was written. 
it's highly likely that these shepherds, these specific shepherds here, were the shepherds that were entrusted to watch the sheepfold, to watch the flock, those sheep that were used in the temple sacrifices. Just imagine, what do you think that was like? I mean, here, was, here were these guys, you know, they, they, they weren't uh, the, the best in reputation. They're out in the field at night, watching the flock, and all of a sudden, an angel appears. Now, what, what, what would that have been like? What would that experience been like? Well, I can tell you one thing that would have happened, whether it be you, me, or someone else. We see it in the text. Notice what happened, verse 9. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. <laughs> yeah, I think that's kind of going to be a natural response to anyone. A little bit afraid here, right? And you find this. We've already looked at this in the, in the previous uh, passages. When you go into Luke and you look in chapter 1, uh, you see Zacharias, and he was afraid. And you see Mary, she was afraid. When you see angels appearing on the scene throughout Scripture, that is a typical response. And I I think we would definitely have that type of response. This is an angelic being that stays in the presence of Almighty God and manifests to these shepherds. They were afraid. They were greatly afraid. I would say they would be a bit... Sheepish, but that would probably be not too punny. (laughs) Or maybe it would be. Thank you. I'm here all week. All right. Notice verse 10. So here are these shepherds out in the field watching the flock by night. The angel of the Lord appears to them. Then the angel says to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. Now, again, what do these shepherds hear? What is the message that they hear? Well, the angel brought the good news. By the way, who was this message for? Was it just for the shepherds? Was it just for the Israelites? Was it just for the priests? Was it just for... No, it says to all people. All people. This is good news to all people. Christmas is not something uh, that we've marked on our calendar uh, and it's just for the Christian. We mark it on our calendar and we talked about it last time. It was, it was a way that they wanted to designate a, a time separate from, from all of the pagan rituals and holidays. They wanted to sanctify a day for the birth of Christ. Now, we know December 25th was not the day in which Christ was born, but that's a day that's been marked, and, and so therefore, again, seize the opportunity to share with others the truth of the Scriptures that a Savior came. And this is good news to all people. We were talking about in our Sunday school this morning. What evidence do you have when you look at the history of our country? How do you know George Washington was president? How do you know Abraham Lincoln was a man of courage? I mean, none of you were alive back then, except maybe Holton. I don't know, just kidding. <laughs> none of us were alive then, right? But we know because these men in their lives had an impact 
upon the world in which they stepped into. And we see the evidence of that. A tornado comes through, a hurricane comes through. You see the evidence that a strong wind came through and made an effect upon the landscape. Folks, Jesus Christ stepped into this earth over 2,000 years ago. And if you can't see the impact that this man's life made upon this earth, then you're not looking. The fact that you're gathered here today is evidence that Jesus Christ was someone set apart, something different about this person, Jesus Christ. Now, as believers, we know what that difference is. This is the God-man. This is God stepping down into the history of mankind and robing in the flesh. The angel announces, this is good news. Why is it good news? What makes this birth? What, what makes this time? What, what, why is this good news? And why is it good news to all people? Notice the phrase, and you can underline this, circle this. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior. A Savior. Why a Savior? Why do you, why do I, why do people, why do all people need a Savior? Source Unknown makes the following quote, If our greatest need had been information, God would have sent us an educator. If our greatest need had been technology, God would have sent us a scientist. If our greatest need had been money, God would have sent us an economist. If our greatest need had been pleasure, God would have sent us an entertainer. But our greatest need was forgiveness. So God sent us a Savior. Folks, Our greatest need is forgiveness. We have all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And man in and of himself is incapable of changing his condition. We all have a disease. It's called sin. And there's no cure but one. And that is the cure that God gave His only begotten Son, Jesus Christ. And whosoever, whosoever shall believe in Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. That's why Jesus Christ came. That's why this is good news to all people, because all have sinned. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen? This is the message they heard. Think about it. Matthew records this. Matthew one twenty one. You don't need to turn there. I'll, I'll share this with you. Matthew one twenty one. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. This was the message given to Joseph. Now listen to this. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall, you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. He will save his people from their sins. Who are his people? To as many 
as receive Him. To as many as receive Him, to them He gives the right to be called the children of God. Notice His title, verse 11. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Christ, this is the Greek word Christos. There was a little restaurant in Salisbury named Christos. Man, they had the best chicken wings. But that's not what we're talking about here. My ADD's kicking in and so is my stomach. Stay with me. Christos, that's the Greek word. It's, it's for the Hebrew. The Hebrew word, you may, uh, you've heard Yahweh, uh, Jesus. Christ, the Lord. What is the word Lord? The Lord is kurios. It's the Greek word kurios. It means the anointed one. So what is this saying? What is, it, what is being said here? What did these shepherds hear in this moment? Here's what they heard. Jesus is Lord. It's to say that Jesus is God. Yahweh in human flesh. That's the announcement. Don't let anyone confuse you or mistake in this that somehow Jesus was not God. We get a lot of those show up at your door dressed really nice with a special magazine they want you to have. It's not the truth. Because they deny this very statement. Someone shows up on your lawn popping willies, don't accept their secondary book, because it denies this claim. This is the message that comes directly from the angel of the Lord. Unto you is born in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Pretty straightforward statement, is it not? But boy, we've done a great job of confusing that some 2,000 years later, have we not? Well, this was the message they heard. Martin Luther made this comment. He said, the mystery of the humanity of Christ that He sunk Himself into our flesh is beyond all human understanding. Hearing. Hearing. Many of you this morning are hearing the good news. What about seeing? Notice verse 12, what these shepherds saw on that glorious day. Notice verse 12 through 16. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths lying in a manger. This shall be a sign to you. The sign. What was the sign? Is it, this is not something, uh, you know, kind of thing. That's not what they were looking for. I mean, to find a baby wrapped in swollen cloth, that's not, there's nothing really special about that. That was a common thing, that the babies would be wrapped in this type of cloth. By the way, this type of cloth was also the same cloth that they often used in burying people. The dead would also often be wrapped in these strips of cloth. Almost prophetic, in a sense. No, it wasn't the uh, baby being wrapped in swaddling cloths that was the sign. But the fact that this babe would be found wrapped in swaddling cloths 
lying in a manger, a food trough, eh, probably not where most babies were laid. They would know for certain that in this stable, this place where the animals were kept, that in the animal's feeding trough is a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths. Pretty specific message for these shepherds. So they would not dare confuse this babe with any other babe. This will be the sign to you. When you get there and you see this, you know this is the one we've spoken of. This is the Savior. This is the one who's come to save His people from from their sin. Now that is a kind of moment, is it not? I mean, that's pretty powerful. And so, this is one of the things that they would have, would have seen. Notice what happens next. Verse 13. And suddenly, suddenly, there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill, Toward men. Notice this phrase. Notice this message. By the way, wow. (laughs) As if your heart hasn't stopped at this point. Can you imagine those shepherds? Surrounded. Literally surrounded by the glory of God. And I think most of you have probably lived long enough lives where you found yourself in certain moments where you just sense presence of God. And we don't go by feelings, we go by truth. Because the Bible warns us that even Satan can change himself into an angel of light. That's part of the problem that Joseph Smith and uh, some others uh, have gotten off track. Because they looked at experience as opposed to truth. But just imagine, you've experienced before a sense of presence of God. Can you imagine though to be surrounded by the glory of God and the angel of the Lord and all of a sudden just... Suddenly, I mean literally suddenly, here are these, these, an army of angels saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. What is this phrase? It's salvation peace. That's what they're speaking of. It's peace towards God. You see, man had been at odds with God. Man had been separated from God because of our sin. We're separated from God. So the announcements, the good news that's being brought is peace toward God because of the birth of this child. Because Jesus, the Savior, has come to reconcile man to God. Notice, glory to God. Because He, He alone has brought salvation to earth. To God alone be glory. You see, religion is man's attempt to reach God. That's religion. Man's attempt to reach God. But relationship is all about God reaching down to man. And when we look at Christmas, when we think about this, when we look at the birth of Christ, that's what we should see. God's love towards mankind in that He loved us enough to send His one and only Son. He reaches into our world to show us, to demonstrate His love for us. So, 
verse 14 says that this is goodwill toward men. Peace among men of his goodwill. That's probably a more literal reading. Not men who've earned it, but whom God has given it. In other words, peace among men of his goodwill. This again points to the fact that it's God doing the work. It's God reconciling man to himself. And he does so in the person of Jesus Christ. Notice verse 15. So it was when the angels had gone, when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, that the shepherds said to one another, let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. Now, Calvin says this about verse 15. He says, This was a revolting sight and was sufficient of itself to produce an aversion to Christ. For what could be more improbable than to believe that He was the King of the whole people who was deemed unworthy to be ranked with the lowest of the multitude? And they came with haste. They came with haste. You know what? This tells me there's an urgency here. These guys had been left in the field to watch these sheep by night, and they came with haste. I think you would too. I mean, there's no denying what's happening here. They didn't hesitate at all. They believed. You see, too often times, folks, we hear things. We even see things. But why is it that too often times we struggle in believing things? Uh, there's no doubt there are some listening via the radio, there are some here this morning that you know all about. You, look, you probably were raised in the church, you've heard the message, you know about the birth of Christ, you've heard it. You've seen it in this sense, you've seen how it's affected the lives of family members. You've seen how it's changed and transformed the hearts and lives of people that you know. But you don't believe. Why is that? These shepherds obviously believed. Yeah, many say, well, you know what? Hey, if I had an experience like that, I'd believe it too. I'm reminded of the rich young, uh, rich ruler who, who died, and he's in hell, and he lifts his eyes and he sees uh, one of the Slave servants who, the rich man wouldn't even give him crumbs. And he sees him off afar in in Abraham's bosom in paradise. And he cries out to to at least drop a a little water on on his tongue because he's in a place of torment. And the dialogue goes on and it says that, uh, he says, well, at least let, let me go back from this terrible place and, and warn my brothers, warn my family, so that they don't have to come here to this place of torment. And Jesus records the words that even if, even if, they have the, look, they have the law, they have the prophets, they had Moses' law, they have the prophets to warn them, but even if someone rose from the dead, they would not believe, they would not repent. Someone did rise from the dead. Jesus Christ, 
proving to this world that He is who He claimed to be. He is God incarnate. Because only God can lay down His life and take it up. And that's what Jesus did. That's why Jesus came in the human form. He came to take away our sin, to prove to mankind that He loves us, and He demonstrated His love for us that while we were still in our sin, Christ died for us. But still, people, they won't believe, will they? Why is it they don't believe? I heard a message this week. appreciate Miss Pat. You gave me some CDs. I really enjoyed the one CD I listened to. Um, plan to listen to the others. But in it, this gentleman speaks of, and he's right, he talks about in Romans how, look, man suppresses the truth in unrighteousness. Everything you need to believe that God is real, it's been given to you. You don't need to hear anymore. You don't need to see anymore. All the evidence that you ever need to exercise your faith and belief is given to you. So that man is without excuse. Check out Romans sometime this week. Romans chapter 1. Man's without excuse. He suppresses the truth in unrighteousness. It means it holds it down. In other words, he willfully doesn't want to believe. And there is no doubt, probably some here this morning, that whatever reason, you refuse to believe this message. Even though God has given you creation that screams to you and me, there's a creator. You've been given the message. It's written on your heart. The moral standards. Lying is wrong. Stealing is wrong. Killing is wrong. All these things are stamped upon your DNA. It's upon your heart. That again is God's handiwork in your life. And for most of us in the Bible Belt, we've been exposed to this message and we're exposed to it time and time again. Yet, as Romans, Paul goes on and says in Romans, man suppresses the truth in unrighteousness. They reject. They reject. Can you imagine this Christmas? See what kind of reaction you get. When your family comes over this week and they give you a gift, give it back. I don't want it. Refuse to take it. I don't want it. I don't want it. I don't want it. Get out of here. Why are you always pushing your stuff on me? Yeah, it probably wouldn't go over real well, would it? Please don't try that. <laughs> but that's what we do to God. That's exactly that. In fact, that, that was pretty kind in our attitude and response uh, in comparative terms in how we treat God. God's given us a gift. It should be good news. It should be news that's easy to believe. Notice verse 17. Now when they had seen Him... Now think about it. They came with haste. They find Mary. They find Joseph. There's the babe lying in a manger. When they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this Christ. My third point, believing. Verses 17 through 20 speaks of believing. They believed the message. If they didn't believe it, they never would have gone. 
we talked in our Sunday school this morning, believing always, believing always has action. If you believe something, you follow through with action. If you say you believe this, it should result in fruit in your behavior. When you believe something, it's evidenced in how you behave. And we talked about this morning. There's a lot of Christians that say, hey, I believe this. But it hasn't affected how they live. You want to know what someone believes? Watch them. How's the fruit on our tree? We say we're a Christian. Are we really displaying a life of Christ-likeness? I'm asking just like Paul asked. Let's examine ourselves. See if we're in the faith. That's all we're asking here this morning. Because sometimes, too often times, we have it here, but it's never really affected us. It's never really changed us. It's never really become real to us. We've heard it. We've seen it. We're just not believing it. These men believed. These shepherds believed. In fact, they didn't hesitate. They went. Immediately their life was affected and changed. They went and they saw this babe. And when they found this babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. Christian, hear me on this. I see in this, I hear in this, and I believe in this, that we too, in spiritual application, we need to be making widely known this child. This child who grew to be a man. Who went to a cross at Calvary, taking our sins upon Himself, laying down His life to prove that He is indeed the Savior. Rising again on the third day, proving that He is God incarnate. And He offers eternal life to whosoever will. Let them come. And that is a message that you and I have been commissioned to make widely known. And if we really believe, then the action, the fruit of our tree, should be such. Should it not? I see a great example in this for us. Others heard as a result. Others heard or others hearing as a result. Well, notice what else. Verse 19, Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. You know, you'll see this phrase used throughout. We'll we'll see this as we continue our study through Luke that um, Mary will often ponder what's happening. Uh, David Guzik makes the following comment in his commentary. He says, Mary had good reason to meditate. What had brought her to Bethlehem? What had brought her to Bethlehem? Think about this for a second. What had brought her to Bethlehem? We talked about last week. How does Joseph get a woman who's in her third trimester to get on a donkey and go 80-some miles? (laughs) Not his love, trust me. (laughs) She's in her third trimester. What makes this happen? An emperor's great decree from Rome? Gossips uh, uh, in Nazareth? You know, they're not really married yet. No. 
what gets her from Nazareth to Bethlehem is God. God's at work. He works through all kinds of people and all kinds of events to accomplish His plan. Notice verse 20. Actually, let me, let me finish there in verse... Let me do 18 and 19. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. You may want to underline those phrases, glorifying, praising God, heard, seen. What about us? What about us? We've heard the good news. Many of you have seen this Jesus in your own life. You've seen Him at work in the lives of others. You've believed. Maybe some of you are believers here today. You've believed. But how have you responded? Is it like that of the shepherds? Are we telling others? Are we telling others? You know right now in this moment, if you're innocent or guilty, are you telling others about Jesus Christ, yes or no? And if you're not, why not? I mean, if this is truly the greatest news that mankind has ever received in this earth, why would we not share that? Do you really believe it? Because if you really believe it, it will change your life from the inside out. Your life cannot help but be 180 Are we telling others? Are we glorifying God? These shepherds, they went back. They returned glorifying and praising God. Are we glorifying God with our lives? Are we praising God for who He is? For the salvation that He gives. You see, these shepherds, they understood the message on that Christmas day. They heard the good news. They saw the good news. They believed the good news. They recognized this message of Christ, this message of hope. And it affected them so much they could not help but share it with others. What have you heard and seen this Christmas? Brett Blair wrote the following in 1999 to illustrate Ask yourself what you've seen and heard this Christmas season. When you watched the 6 o'clock news, did you see chaos and strife? Or did you see sheep without a shepherd? When you went out to do your shopping, did you see only hordes of people in the stores? Or did you notice the worried expressions on some of their faces, worried because they're facing this Christmas without employment or enough money, and they don't know how they're going to make ends meet. What did you hear this Christmas? What did you hear this Christmas? Did you hear only the blast of music and carols, or did you hear the silent sighs of the lonely and the bereaved? 
who may be dreading Christmas because it accentuates their loneliness. And in the midst of the sounds of honking horns and people arguing over parking places, did you hear faint sounds of laughter coming from Community Baptist Church missions projects because you helped furnish food or toys for families and children? You see... So often what you see and what you hear is not dependent upon the event, but upon you. If you did in fact hear the cry from the lonely, the laughter of poor children, if you saw the sheep without a shepherd, then and only then might you have noticed the events that took place in Bethlehem that night. If you lacked that spiritual seeing and hearing, then you probably would have been with the 99% of those who were present but who saw or heard nothing out of the ordinary. In the end, perhaps one of our carols words it best, No ear may hear His coming, but in this world of sin, where meek souls shall receive Him, the dear Christ enters in. What about you? Perhaps you've never met the Christ, the Lord. This is what Christmas is about. God's gift to mankind. A Savior. A Savior. Will you receive Him today? Lord, there will be many gifts exchanged Christmas morning. Many presents given out. Lord, help us. Help us to receive the greatest gift ever given to mankind. Your Son, Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray if there's anyone here anyone listening via the radio or in this sanctuary, and be honest before you, they never really saw their need for a Savior, but perhaps today they did. Lord, I pray that your word, as you've promised, has gone forth unhindered, that it will not return void. And Lord, I pray that it might accomplish this morning in the heart of an unbeliever a change. Lord, I pray that they have heard the good news this morning. I pray that they have seen the difference it makes in the lives of true believers. And Lord, I pray this morning by faith they would believe. They would turn from their sin and repentance and receive the greatest gift you have ever given to mankind. Let them place their faith and trust alone in Jesus Christ and His finished work at Calvary. The death, the burial, and the resurrection. Christ's return is soon. Help us to be ready. 
Lord, your word says no man knows the hour nor the time. And in a day when so many want to set dates and prophesy to the end of the world, Lord, you've made it clear no one knows the time nor the hour. But don't let that fool anyone. You are returning. And you will take away those that belong to you. Lord, help, help us to be ready. I pray today that if there's any soul here that does not know Christ as their Lord and Savior, that today would be their day of salvation. That they would receive the grace, the forgiveness that they desperately need. Because the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Help us as believers, Lord, to share the good news. Help us to be mindful of our mission to tell others about the love of Christ. Help us, Lord, to praise You and glorify You because that is truly the chief end of man. That is why we were created, to bring You glory in You alone. May our lives do that. Thank You for this congregation that's here today, the visitors that are here, those listening, Lord. I give them into Your watch care. You are a sovereign God and You love them with an everlasting love. Help them to really sense that love. Lord, help them to know that you will never leave them, you will never forsake them. Thank you, Lord. We give you the praise. We give you the glory. In Jesus' name, amen.